Welcome to Mission Smart with David and Vicki Frazier. In this podcast, we discuss a variety of topics related to global missions with the goal of offering wise and practical counsel. In this episode, we'll be talking about marriage and missions. This is part two. Yep. Uh, last time we talked about some of the challenges uh, that are partic- particular, I guess, to marriages yeah, living, overseas. Uh, living overseas. And in this, what would you say are some of the things that we did to protect and strengthen our marriage through those years that we lived overseas? Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of our personal things that we've learned to protect, which is key, and strengthen. So now there are lots of things that couples may have access to. If you live overseas with an org- you know, and you're with an organization, you'll have access to maybe conferences or member care counselors that can give you input, or even pastors and friends. But what we're going to be sharing today is about what we call self-care. Self-maintenance, what you can do as a couple right. to protect and strengthen your own marriage. Because we just found, I mean, that's what that was part of our experience is learning how to take care of ourselves. But we also find it's very helpful not to always have to depend on those things. So we've got some different topics. So the first one is we feel like grace. We thrived when we practiced grace in our marriage. What does that mean, Biggie? Well, we were trying to build a culture of grace in our marriage. And I think it's it includes lots of things. One yeah. of them is giving each other the freedom to fail. Be different from each other. We had such high expectations. To be ourselves, I guess. Yeah. We were, yeah. I remember Vicki one time said, I'm sorry, I'm not Elizabeth Elliot. I said, that's okay. I'm not Jim Elliot. It's totally okay. And just to give each other grace to be different and... Well, we're so different. Um, our kids laugh and say, how did the two of you ever get together? Exactly. Um, we're different in personality. We're different in... We have some same interest, and then we have other interests that are very different. The way we work, the pace we go at. The whole introvert-extrovert thing. The structure-non-structure. And so we gave each other permission to be ourselves. So we put that as just number one as the most... Probably the most important thing is, is we gave each other permission to be ourselves so that Vicky learned her style, whether it was learning how to learn a language or things like that. Yeah, not, not sort of trying to conform the other to what we liked or yeah. the way that we did things. Um, I think we've learned more and more about this the older that we've gotten. When we were younger, I think we were trying to change each other more. I think we had in our mind, either in our mind, what I'm supposed to be doing, and then Vicky, come on, catch up with me. And then... Or I had expectations in my mind yeah. about what, what I wanted from you or needed from you. Right. And we talked about that, the unusual pressure on you when you're going over there. You think you're going to be this way or that way, but... Boy, that was so important is just to give each other grace, to be different. People used to say, so y'all, do y'all learn the language when you're learning the, the language that we where we lived? Did y'all do that together? And we said, no, we loved each other too much. Yeah, we actually also, people would ask us, so do you speak the language at home? <laughs> like, no, we actually want to stay married. That's right. Um, That's right. And <laughs> we have to communicate. Right, right. And so we found... 
you know, she sometimes used to tutor and sometimes we would go to a class. I had my books. Sometimes I would shut the door and she said, what are you doing in there? I'm learning the language. And she, we would just do it differently. And, and that was really just an example. And, you know, when we say grace, probably the most important thing is we learn to forgive each other. And so there was freedom. There was freedom to fail, freedom to be different, and and then always a freedom to know, I will forgive you. And so, yeah, I was, I, developing that culture of grace, saying the word, I have the words, I have grace for you. Yeah. A lot. I have grace. I, I want to be gracious. I want to be filled in my heart toward you with grace. Yeah, we actually have a... Some material that we were taught by some by a pastor called the Eight Graces of Marriage, and we're hoping to put that into a course to be available to others. So, what's another? Well, we saw balance. Yep. I think in acculturating, being ourselves. There, you know, there's the you want to become part of the culture and like those, so that you can um, develop friendships and relationships. Yeah. Um, in the country where you are, but also there is time to be be oh, yeah. yourself. Give yourself permission to be who you are Absolutely. because you you grew up in a certain culture, in a certain family, in a certain way, and we need to be ourselves. And so we were constantly reevaluating this balance. I mean, it was one of the greatest compliments we got from some of the locals is when they looked at our lives, our lifestyle, our home, or what we were doing is to say, you know, clearly I can tell that this is not a home of the people here, but it's also not a completely foreign American home. You're not like setting up America here. And so, but we were always having to evaluate that balance. Yeah, there wasn't a, and, and I don't know that there's a a set answer no. for that. That's hence the reevaluation. Yes. But home was a, a safe place. For us, it was a place that we could get away, that we could be ourselves, even though we often invited other people into it. Absolutely. So we made it comfortable. You know, we didn't make it offensively, like I said, from our culture, but we made it comfortable for us because it needed to be a place to get away. Yeah, it really did. And we also made time and space for us because a spouse always. They can feel it when they're second to the ministry. Right. They, they know. Yeah, I often tell guys heading over, I said, man, you've got to set up a place for your wife and kids that they feel that it's home, that they're just not waking up every day going, okay, I this is not where I'm from. This is not, I don't feel comfortable here, but I'm here for the sake of the gospel. And that can get old and it will wear on you. So we created enough of a play, of a home that we both enjoyed it. I remember when we had kids, we would have a, a Friday night and the kids just knew, you know, we're going to order a certain food, maybe watch a movie. And it was just a time, we protected that. It was family night. Yeah, it was family night and they had fun and there was, we didn't have to be like the culture that night. You know, we didn't have to, so... But as Vicky said, we were immersed with the people. They were in our home. We were in their homes. So there's the key word, balance. Yeah, I think that's, you, we all want a rule of, oh, X amount of hours or X amount of evenings out or this or that. But they're balance, finding well, such a key balance. Word. 
I think whenever we did too much in one area, you know, if I, oh, I want to culturate, I want to learn the language, I want to spend time with all these people. But whenever we went too far, we felt it. We felt it in our marriage. We felt it in our relationship with our children. Um, But then we also found that if all we did was we spent way too much time. We were never hanging out with people from the country where we lived. That's right. That doesn't work either. And we saw examples of this. We saw people that were just just were not working hard at acculturating and learning the language. And then we saw those that went so far that something was lost. And so we're not talking about mediocre. You know, there is a need to be, if you're going to be in a job or a ministry or a teacher, you're going to have to do it with excellence. But you're also going to have to find a balance. And so there's a key word. Well, I think balance, the word balance implies that you say no to some things. Yeah. And you say yes to some things. And this is a basic principle of life. So, but, but we did seek, we talked about the word balance a lot. Another thing we did was being proactive in our yeah. relationship together. We, we definitely did not coast and right. assume that everything was, was fine unless we heard from each other. We didn't ignore it. You know, we always say the river's moving. And if you coast, you know, you'll wake up down the road and there'll be problems. So we didn't want to ignore things. The basic principle was if we don't deal with this, with our junk, you know, which could mean my junk, which is affecting our relationship, Vicky's junk, our junk affecting our marriage, basically it's going to come out. It will come out. It will come out and it'll eventually affect everything. Uh, we that you're attempting to do, whether it's in your relationship, your parenting, the ministry you want. And so being proactive was probably something that kept us alive. It kept our marriage strong. Um, yeah, one of the things that we did that was proactive is we did what was called um, a state of the union which was taking a special time to evaluate how life is going at home in our marriage with the kids, pace of life, you know, scheduling. Um, Events coming up, trips coming up, in-laws coming to town, or we're going to America. If you don't slow down and... Evaluate. Talk about it before it comes. It's almost like... Once again, you're in a river and rapids are coming around the corner. What are we going to do? What's our plan when these rapids hit? If you're just going, oh, I'm just going to, let's just keep paddling. Let's see what it looks like. Yeah, when we didn't set, before we learned to do this and set aside that time, I feel like we were mostly reacting. That's right. To life that was happening to us, whether it was a challenge in our marriage or our schedule or Anything else, it was just it was just very reactionary. Whereas this, we would set aside a specific time. This could be scheduled. It, it was needed. scheduled, but there yeah. was a beginning and there was an end. Um, we set some time, you know, forty five minutes, hour, whatever we needed, where we could talk about all of these kinds of things. It uh, was helpful for me, yeah, and helpful for some others to have an end. Because yeah. sometimes when you just keep going on and on right. and on, it just the, a person who processes needs some time to process things or is more introverted and doesn't usually talk about this kind of 
really intense conversation, they need to know that there's an end. But it has to be uninterrupted time. And instead of trying to be prescriptive about exactly what it should be, you know, some people have said, so do I have to give an all evening? Does this have to be a, we have to get babysitter? Whatever you need to do, but it has to be an uninterrupted time and you focus specifically on how are we doing? We remembered specifically, we can remember these times we had little journals and we would just sit there and go, okay, how are we doing in this? And if Vicki needed to say, you know what, I think we're out of control. I think this last month has been too much. It was sort of a, sen- a way to, re- to hit reboot. To make sure that we yeah. were thriving as much as possible. I mean, there's times of difficulty, times of suffering, times when one of you or all of you are not thriving. I mean, that's just part of life. But I think, yeah, when I would sometimes talk to some guys and see the, the troubles that they were having, I realized how long had this been going on? Where no one is talking about it. No one's talking about it. We're moving at a pace. We can't communicate. And that's when I said, if you don't deal with it, it's going to become someone else's problem. And, you know, like I said, it's going to be aware to others. It's going to come out. It may come out ugly. And then you'll have to deal with it. So really, the principle is like correcting the trajectory at the beginning, right? I, I, Incrementally, you know, whatever, like periodically. Because, you know, if, if you correct the trajectory of an object at the very beginning, then it you try to change it later, way out, yeah. and it's harder to change. You've got further distance to go. But if you can start dealing with these things between the two of you yep. early so that you can keep short accounts. I remember sitting with a guy and he told me the state of things. And it was so bad. I mean, the marriage was on the rocks. And, you know, I looked at him and I said, buddy, it's like you've come to the dentist and you have this huge swollen abscess and we can barely touch it and it's painful. And basically, it's like the dentist looking at you saying, where have you been? You know, this could have been a really simple little thing about a year ago, about two years, you know, whatever. But you have consistently ignored it. Somebody said it's like going down in a car and all the lights on your dashboard. You put tape over them so you don't have to see the lights flashing. Well, your car is going to break down at probably a very inconvenient time if you're not doing maintenance. That's what it really maintenance. is. That's State of the Union is it. maintenance. Maintenance. It's, and by the way, it's not date night. No, it doesn't. Date night is fun. State of the Union is not always fun. But... We didn't always be, we weren't always able to have a special night with babysitters. So sometimes we tacked it on at the end. We did. Of a date night. Well, and for those of you who have kids and you're like, I can't afford a babysitter, this part of the commitment to this can be trade off babysitting, which we did often with friends where we would take their kids one week and then they would take ours the next or at the next event. But as you start doing this, you find out it becomes you're becoming more aware when you're three weeks into a tailspin that you re- you're more aware we need to talk. So as you start doing them, you learn to catch them earlier. You just have to start getting mm-hmm. it into a habit and make this a normal rhythm. Another thing we did was invest time and money in our marriage through different ways. I mean, one is obviously date nights, uh, vacations. 
where we enjoyed the country, we enjoyed the culture, we enjoyed the food. Yeah, after being there a couple of years, we got a little local car after being there a few years, and that enabled us to get out of town. That was an investment in us, is what it was. It wasn't, oh, we must have this in order to do our work. No, it was, I think, mentally. It was helpful for us, but it was also incredibly helpful. We didn't do that at the very beginning, no. because we needed to learn what it is like to live there without that, because that's how all our friends were. And so we learned to get out of town. We made some fun weekends. We often did them with nationals, those there. We occasionally with some Western friends or sometimes just with our family. But we learned to get out and enjoy the place where we live. That is a key word because we didn't want to just always focus on this ministry and this work because you will burn out with that. So learning to say, hey, about an hour from here, there's this place where all the locals go. Let's go enjoy it together or take some friends with us. Um, We did have some friends that we could laugh with, watch a movie with, some, for us, that would be American friends um, who shared our interests, and we would do that occasionally. Again, that word balance, we're back to that. Yeah. Balance. Um, We also proactively read books on marriage and made space to talk. And we did this in different ways. Sometimes that was part of a date night where we would be reading through a book. I remember reading through boundaries Hmm. together and working through a workbook together and trying to figure out boundaries with with. It, within marriage, healthy boundaries, within relationships, within ministry. Co-workers. Oh, it was so nationals. great. Maybe you live in a culture that doesn't understand boundaries. Um, you know, it's never a good time to leave, right? It's we, 11 o'clock at night. The kids are passing out. Where are you going? Why are you leaving now? Every year or two or so, we would do trade-offs with friends where we could leave our kids with our friend, with their friends, you know. And we would go out of town to a nice place um, that we could drive to or whatever, and we would just take a book on marriage, and we would we would read that book while we were there and talk about it. You know, we use the word investing. We did say investing money, and so we did say you know maybe you needed to purchase things or get away on a weekend and invest it. Obviously, you can't just keep going in work and not take rest. But I also remember. Um, I don't know how many years we'd been there after we'd had the children a while, and I wanted to be able to have continue to have people into our home. And one of the things we were always doing was doing the dishes and cleaning up. And I I remember when I said, how about getting a dishwasher? And sometimes Vicky was like, I don't know, should we get that? You know, can we afford that? And I remember it was an investment, not just in the ability to have more, have guests over, but it was an investment in our relationship but the funny part about it is when we got it, we were wondering, oh, is this too much? And then the, the one of our neighbors, as they were carrying it up, said... Our local so, neighbors. Yeah, said, about time you got her one. And I just realized, oh, dear. Um, and that is a common thing for those of us in this kind of work, is that sometimes we put a standard on ourselves and we're not even looking around at what the locals are doing. We're like, oh, no, we need to be suffering, you know, and maybe you look around where you live. You don't want to live so far above where these people are that, you know, there's an offense. But we found that maybe we were some of the last ones in our building 
to get a dishwasher or to get, you know, something. Maybe we got an air conditioner. And so I think there's a, like you said, balance is key. But those kinds of things where we got an air conditioner in our bedroom, hello, wasn't that an investment in our marriage? Um, <laughs> I mean, basically, yes. Helped a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can touch me now. <laughs> it's so hot. Um, things like that. So there was clearly an investment there. Um, we also learned, and and this is something that I wish we had learned sooner, was how to make us decisions. That's what we call a decision that is neither David's way nor right. my way, but a third way that we both agree after much talking that we both are behind. So it's us making a decision together. But we agreed not to move ahead until we had both put all of our thoughts on the table. And if we couldn't make it in that one night or over the next two days, we just, if you learn to table it and keep doing it, I know we've made decisions where we keep researching and then keep coming back with our thoughts. It takes patience. You have to listen to one another. you got to respect the other's expertise. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Vicki knows more about that subject. I think the key thing, input. too, is just learning to actually each person in the marriage. There's probably one who has more opinions and the other who tends to, okay, fine. That's not the way you make an us decision. Both people have to talk about it. And this is us decisions oh. are about parenting, about money, money, about Church involvement. Yes. Uh, ministry involvement. Pace of life. Um, so many areas. Vacations. I mean, there. it's really, we've got to learn to make those decisions together. And both people put, put on the table what their priorities are, what their thoughts are. And one, the person who's stronger in personality doesn't run Rough shot over the other, Correct. and the one who. Correct. I, I mean, we had a we had an interesting dynamic, in, in that I, David had more opinions about things and was very convincing, <laughs> uh, and sometimes I would just get tired of of trying to get my point across. So what ended up happening is, as soon as he would suggest something to me, I would get extremely defensive in tone and word to try to like get ready for the for the battle it was my campaign for my idea <laughs> whatever and, it was and then that would make him respond by even more strongly trying to get his point across so when when we learn to back off and make an us decision mm. really I learned to not respond so defensively in tone and just, no, you know, I don't want to do that. Just really strongly because I realized he wasn't going to push me into a decision. We had to make it together. So that helped me a lot. And think about over these 30 years how much I feel like Vicki has gained her voice. And you can see by this podcast, she has a voice. And I, it's so exciting because when she was, when we married, she was such an introvert. I don't think we could have done a podcast together. I think she would have only given a couple of words. It would have been your podcast <laughs> with me going. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes. So these are ways in which we have 
we feel like what we learned was how to care for ourselves when you don't always have access. But even if you have access to all these things that an organization or a church can give you, we think it's much better that a couple learn self-care and how, and how to maintain a marriage themselves so they don't get into trouble later. Yes. So thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening today. Our book, Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, is available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Feel free to email us with your questions through our website, esionline.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.